Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about leadership. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Jessica Teachin. Jessica is a spouse, mother, author, leader, lawyer, talent management professional, technology enthusiast, and Gallup Certified Strengths Coach. You can reach Jessica at her website, evolvingtoexceptional.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Jessica. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be talking about all of these wonderful things, and I love the name of your website, Evolving to Exceptional. Can you kind of explain what that means to you? And I know you've been writing a book, so do you want to talk about that as well? I think that goes along that same line. Yeah, so I have been working, um, I kind of got a nudge um, in the last year to write this book, and I've spent the last 10 years of my life really developing um, our, our, our leading our business to be an exceptional workplace. And I felt this pull to helping people to live more exceptional lives. That's really my, my purpose. And I think that we have to evolve in order to do that. We have to evolve our performance, evolve our being, evolve, evolve who we are to get to that um, more exceptional way of living, to have more exceptional experiences in our lives. And so the book that I wrote, it's called The Exceptional Life Revolution. So it's about evolving ourselves and, and starting a revolution for more people to live exceptional lives. I love that. I love everything about it. Now, I've been studying a little bit about perfectionism. And one of the definitions, and there are several, of perfectionism is people think that perfection is like a place. Like once you arrive there and, and, and attain that, then you just stay and you just hold still. And that actually is very detrimental because it's very frustrating when you're not in that spot. And then if you ever think you're in that spot, then you just hold still and you don't progress. But part of our, our very nature is that desire to be able to progress and to move and to learn and to do. And so I love the concept of evolving into excellence, where that gives some freedom to say, it's okay that I'm not all of the things that I would like to become because I am progressing toward that. And even when you are in that place of excellence, there's still always going to be room for improvement. So I just think that that's amazing. I love it. Thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for what you have accomplished in your workplace. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, I mean, I think, so let me, let me just touch on real quick that what your, your comment, I love to say that an exceptional life is not a perfect life that there actually is no such thing as a perfect life and that exceptional lives are like snowflakes. Every single one is different and every single person's version of what it looks like for them is different. And, and it really isn't a destination. It's about how we're living. It's about operating. And I use the term peak performance, not as a place that we're getting to, but as a state of how we're living. And it certainly doesn't come without challenges. It certainly doesn't come without hurdles and, and, and tough experiences. That's part of the journey. That's part of, of the process. But we can live our best life while we're doing that, while we're going through those, those challenges. And I think in my workplace, you know, building the framework for how do you create um, the, the systems and structures in place to help people be doing that every day to, in order to have that workplace. So instead of it being about um, checklists or I got to do fill in this form, how do you make it a part of what they're doing every day so that they're living into operating in that higher, higher state or operating in that higher capacity? Brilliant. I love it. 
I love it. So what did you do? How did you transform your workplace? What was it like before, during, and after? Yeah, so I think our workplace had a good culture to begin with. There was good foundation there, a very people-centric um, organization. Um, but we didn't have any talent management or human resource practices at all in the workplace. And so really we were starting from scratch. And initially I was tasked with um, implementing performance reviews. And I did all the research and and the, the conclusion was that's a terrible idea. That's, that's not going to help our, our workplace culture or our workplace performance at all, um, that people don't respond well to that. And so um, I really started at, at the base of what do we want to have come out happen? What do we want the result to be? And the result is that we wanted to have an exceptional workplace. We wanted to have a workplace with great results, with people that, people that were happy, that was better than other workplaces. And so we built a program around the outcome we wanted to achieve. And we, you know, put in place conversations and we put in place a lot of um, what we call our agile performance management system, all to help us achieve that outcome or achieve that result. And it wasn't quick, right? It's not an overnight process. It takes some work to get there. Um, but it isn't, um, it isn't, it isn't only for the big companies either. We're a small company. It's anybody can do that. I love it. I love so many things about it. I love that you have a beginning with the end in mind and that it is goal oriented. And I love that you said that your company is people centric. And I, I really appreciate a workplace that is people centric where they, where you count, you're not just a, a cog in the machinery, but you are allowed to be a person. So those are excellent building blocks to start with. And I thought it was interesting that in the process, the first kind of kind of knee jerk natural response that, that most people turn to, which is that let's evaluate, let's evaluate, let's evaluate. It's not very effective in getting us where we want to go. But that idea of, let's first of all say, what is it that we want to achieve? And having that end in mind is so incredibly important. And then you talked about, what did you call it? Agile performance management. Can you kind of explain that a little bit? What, what does that mean? I, I've never heard that term before. Yeah. So it's, um, it's an approach to performance that really uh, adjusts based on the person and the circumstance. So it's really customized to you know, who, who's the manager? What are the manager's strengths and, and capabilities? And what are the employees? And where are they on their performance journey? Where are they on what they're accomplishing? Because everybody needs things a little differently. You know, how I manage one employee is very different than how I would manage another employee based on who they are, where they are, you know, if they're a brand new, you know, just out of school versus somebody who's been working for a long time. So rather than having a one size fits all approach, having an approach that lives and exists within and during the work that we're executing. So it's, it's customized. And it's happening while we're working. It's not an extra activity. So, you know, it, I try to recognize employees, you know, right away or while, while we're working on a project or while we're in the midst of things, um, rather than waiting for some big performance review, um, you know, at, at a, a specific, you know, arbitrary scheduled time. That is amazing because one thing that that kind of system absolutely requires is that you know the people that you're working with and you know what their strengths and what their weaknesses are. So again, you're allowing them to be a person. And that is, that is awesome. I, I would feel excited to be in a workplace where I was treated individually like a person. So I think that that is beautiful. And is that what your book is about is, is trying to give that information for how to create this type of environment so that, so that anyone can apply it. Is that what that's about? Yeah, so it's so really I started in the workplace realm 
But then through the process, I realized that the same principles apply to every role we perform. So whether it's my role as a mom, it's my role as a, as a wife, or my role in the community, um, within my church, or, or, or within the school system, whatever it is, um, it's the same principles. It's the same um, methods that that help you to to perform at an exceptional level to to have the, those exceptional experiences. And so, my book is really um, you know crafted around kind of those three areas: workplaces, homes, and communities. And how do you apply those same practices in each of those settings so that you can can achieve those outcomes? That is amazing. I love the idea when something is true, when it's actually applicable, then it is uh, it, it can affect many different areas of our lives. Sometimes I think we have this idea that uh, the separate aspects of our life, our social, our emotional, our work, our financial, or whatever, are, are, are very separate, like in a little bento box where the, nothing touches. And the reality is very much not that. And so when we treat our, our business place or our work as if it is is a whole separate entity with a whole different set of rules, then it's very tricky because the people that are working there are, you know, humans. So uh, allowing humans to be humans is brilliant and being able to, to get them to do the most performance. So well done. Yeah, and I, I think, I think you can, you talked about strengths and I think, you know, I think you can change what you do and how you do it. But changing who you really are is really difficult. And so learning about and understanding who your people are, whether it's in the workplaces or I like to say, so I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach as well. And um, I, I, when I got that training and my husband and I both took it, changed our marriage forever um, because knowing about who we are at our core and how we operate and how we think changes everything. It impacts everything we do and how we live. And so if you can really understand that about people, it makes those performance conversations so much more effective, so much more productive. And and I say performance, not just for the workplace, but we're performing all the time in our homes too, right? We, we, there's so much work that gets done in our families and with raising children and in my role as a wife. And so if I can better understand my husband and he can better understand me, we have such better and more productive conversation. That is incredible. So can you share with us a couple tools of, of how do you get that insight? I mean, because we can work together with someone for, you know, 20 years and still not know them and not know yeah. this core. So, so are there some tools that you can share? How do you get to know somebody's core? I mean, it's on the inside. So I think um, you need the language, right? So I, as a Gallup certified um, strengths coach, I use Clifton Strengths Finder. That, that it's a it's a twenty dollars assessment that Gallup provides. Gives you your top five strengths out of a, out of thirty four different talents that you can have. Um, everybody's strengths are unique. So what I like about it is that it's your unique combination that makes you who you are. So it's it's how they come together. So instead of it being you're in this box or you're in this box. It's how these different elements blend together that make you the unique person that you are. So for me and my husband, I'll give an example. My husband has really high responsibility, which means that when he says he's going to do something, he's committed to making sure he does it. He follows through on it. I don't. I don't have that. So I don't I don't have high responsibility. I'm more of the strategic thinker. I'm the communicator. So he would get really frustrated with me when I would say, oh, I'll make that call today. And then I ran out of time or I got too busy and I didn't do it. And he was like, but you said you were going to do it. I'm like, well, I'll do it tomorrow. It's not that big a deal. But it really bothered him because I committed to do it. Now, if I had said, 
I'll try to do it today. I'll try to call the doctor, but it might be tomorrow. It won't bother him at all if I don't get to it. So it's all about how what you're committing to and being really cautious about when you're committing to do something. And so learning that changed everything for us. It, it helped me be better at when I'm really saying, yeah, I'm going to do something then I need to do it. Um, and him understanding that if I didn't do it, it really wasn't, you know, it wasn't me not caring or not, you know, uh, understanding. It's just that I'm, I operate differently. Wow. And so you were able to determine that from this assessment thing? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it yeah. says, okay, your strength is this. And so that translates to this. So you're able to communicate things because the things that we have going on inside of our heads, we naturally kind of project those onto other people. It's like, well, this is the way I'm thinking. So it makes perfect sense that everyone else is thinking the same way. And then that makes things really challenging. Like this, this communication that you're talking about, I'm going to do it. I didn't get it done. I'll do it tomorrow. It's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is a big deal. So that is amazing being able to, to recognize that sounds like a very valuable assessment. If you're able to get that much information out of it, sometimes the assessments, it's like, I don't feel like there's a lot of value in it. It's like, okay, they're trying to create this box for me. That's nice. But, um, other things I appreciate when it gives real insight and it sounds like that's what this is doing. Yeah. I think what it does is it gives you a language to talk about it. And then it allows, and then it allows you, and there's, there's a process there too, but it allows you to then really translate it. So, so my husband's both high responsibility and deliberative, which means he also takes a lot of time to make decisions. He needs to think about things for a while, but once he commits, then he's all in, right? Then he's, then he's going to do it. He's going to follow through. And so, you know, similarly, I learned that um, I can be a lot of steps ahead. I'm strategic, which means that I can kind of see the path and I can, you know, see that I need to do this, which will take us to this, which will get us to this. Um, but he needs time to think that through. I'm going to move a lot faster. So, um, so I learned, you know, okay, I need to tell him way in advance of a decision. Hey, I'm thinking about, and I think we should talk about buying a car, let's say, you know, or I think we should think about that for a while and then give him a few days and then we're going to talk about it because now we've had time to think about it. You are amazing. And I love the application. And I love that in your bio, you put your personal things first, that your family matters to you. And I love when professional people have the confidence to be able to publicly announce, my family matters to me. And these are the things that matter to me. Because again, a lot of times we want to separate it into those boxes. And um, it's not as a I don't know, cool or socially acceptable to say, you know, my family matters all the time, not just when I'm at home, but they, they matter to me. So that to me is very impressive. I think you are awesome on all of the levels. Well, I would love if you wouldn't mind, because you're so good at talking about how these principles that you use in the workplace are applied in the home. And you gave that wonderful example about the communication with you and your husband. Can we talk a little bit about how that applies to maybe parenting or to working with other things in the home. Yeah. So I actually love it the most with parenting. So, um, you know, I one of like one of my favorite examples is I've worked really hard to, to instill a growth mindset in my kids. So my son's five um, and then I have twin two-year-old girls and, um, and my son, you know, he always likes to build Lego towers and things like that. And so when he was little, he built these towers and they'd fall over, right? He didn't. And I'd say, well, we have to make it stable. We have to learn how to make it stable. 
and um, inevitably he'd try and it'd fall and he'd be like, mom, I made it stable and it still fell. And I said, well, if it was stable, then it wouldn't have fallen. So we have to try again. So let's try again and let's look at what you did. And, um, and so he, he, he kept learning. Well, and now he comes to me and he says, well, mom, I've already tried, tried, tried again. Like I've already did it. And, and I'll be like, well, let's just try one more time. Um, and then the other thing I think has been really cool is I've worked with my kids around their mindset and around my words and my husband's words of using the term, um, good choice, bad choice, rather than good girl, you know, bad, bad girl or, or good boy, bad boy. Ooh, and recently my like husband that. flipped up and he started to yell at my two year old, like bad girl, bad girl. Um, she was doing something naughty. And, um, my son came running up to my husband and was like, dad, dad, she's not a bad girl. She made a bad choice. She's not a bad girl. Oh, and, that. um, that just warmed my heart because that means that he's getting the message that, you know, it doesn't make us bad when we make a bad choice. We all do that. It happens for all of us. Um, but we get to make, you know, we get to make our, we get to make our choices in life. And it's been so helpful to apply those principles and really think about the mom that I want to be and how I want my kids to be in how I choose to speak to them and how we choose to interact, um, as as a family. So I, I love it as a mom. That is absolutely incredible. And how many adults would benefit from learning the difference between bad girl and bad choice. That's one of the things that Brene Brown teaches in her studies about the difference between guilt and shame, where guilt says, oh, I did something bad. And shame is, I am bad. And we don't need to define ourselves by our choices because that's very limiting and not very, not very helpful. Yeah. And a, a trick for parents too is once you teach good choice, bad choice, and we all get to make our own choices. Now I use that all the time with my son when he's making a bad choice. Well, you can make that choice, but mommy gets to make choices too. And he will now be like, no, mommy, no, mommy, I don't want you to make a choice. Don't make a choice. Did you make a choice yet? Because <laughs> because he doesn't want me to, you know, choose an early bedtime or choose no more iPad today or what, you know, whatever the thing is. And so I don't even have to give him the threat. I don't even have to come up with something. I'm just like, well, I'm, and he's like, well, what's the choice going to be? I don't know. I'll have to wait until it's time, but then I'll make a choice. And so it becomes about the choices that we're making. And it becomes about, you know, that we each get to control our own choices, but that our choices might impact what someone else decides to do. And, um, and I think that that's been really powerful and it's a great parenting ploy, um, to, to get your kids to listen. I love that you use the word empowering. Because I think it is empowering to be able to have choices and to be accountable for our own choices. That is huge. These are life skills that will benefit them forever. Your children are very fortunate to have you. Well, and all, I mean, that's one of my, one of the things I talk about in the community part of my book is we need to teach those things like way earlier. You know, we teach math and we teach history and we teach, and not that those aren't important and valuable, but the things that are going to make such a difference, the things related to our mindset, our, our faith, our understanding as human beings and who we are, are the things that are going to carry us through our lives. And so, you know, I just, I didn't learn a lot of these things until I was much older and, and, and in my career. And I wish that I had, I wish I had learned it so much sooner. And so, yeah, the fact that I get to do that with my kids is fantastic. Um, and, you know, I really hope to help more parents and more 
more and, and even our communities look at, okay, how do we embed these things earlier so that it is just natural? That's just, that's just how we approach things. And, and we don't put people into buckets as good or bad. You know, they're, it, instead it's, you know, they're in this, this, you know, they made that choice or they're, they came from there or they came from this place. And it's not this, you know, sorting exercise. That is amazing. And I love it. This is the way that we do things. This is the way that we approach things. Unfortunately, a very common approach in society is to look for blame, to look for someone to whose fault is this? Who, who did this to me? And the idea of saying, well, what is my responsibility and what is my accountability is so empowering and so much happier. And it does lead to that joyful, wonderful life. I think what you're doing is amazing. And I love that it applies to the home and the community and the workplace. So thank you for all the things that you're doing, not only that you learned them, but that you are sharing them so that other people can reap those same benefits. So Jessica, my hat is off to you. I'm clapping for you. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so, so much. And I love that you hit on blame too, because um, I, I always talk about in some of the trainings that I do that blame is just um, a lack of accountability response to reality. So I'm just not ready to move forward. So it's easier to just blame somebody else than to admit my part in it or admit that I have to do something different. And, um, and I think, um, and I think once people can, can accept that and say, okay, like, what, what did I do? Because we all did something. We're all part of, of anything. Um, then we can move forward. So, Fantastic. That's beautiful, insightful. Well, thank you so much for joining with me today. And thank you for your patience as we've had some technical difficulties today. But I really appreciate you being here. No problem. Thank you so much. And I, I appreciate it. And just, um, you know, I'll, I'll get you the, the link. But if your audience has interest in checking out the first chapter of the book, I, I'm offering that free for, for anybody's audience or anybody who's listening and um, look forward to, to getting to hear from people um, after they've had a chance to read the book. Thank you. And is that on the website that I mentioned earlier? Or is that different? Okay, yeah. perfect. I will make sure to include the link. Again, Jessica, thank you so much. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by number one New York Times bestselling author and world-renowned leadership expert, John Maxwell. He said, the pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. The leader adjusts the sails. Today, I invite you to make your life more productive and joyful by learning to evolve and adjust the sails. See you next time on Linda's Corner. So we were talking about, you were explaining about, I mean, I can just stick them together, um, okay. your, your, your work and what you were doing. We were talking about um, your process. Let's see, I think the last thing might have been that you were explaining what the Agile Performance Management was. That's the last thing that I remember. What do you remember last? Yeah, I think, I think so. I mean, I think I was close to completing that. Do you want to um, just start so that can... over? Is that okay? I mean, yeah. Thanks. Ready, set, go. Can you tell me about what <laughs> Agile Performance Management is? 
So um, Agile Performance Management is really about customizing um, how we do performance management to the manager and the people, the employees that are impacted directly and trying to put it in the flow of, of work. So putting it into what people are doing every day. So instead of it being a separate process, or something that you have to do in addition to your work. It's really part of what you're doing. And then you really customize it for each employee. And 